0: I'm Dr. Sterling. I'm a board-certified OBGYN and mom. Welcome to the Becoming Moms podcast, where I give you the step-by-step to optimizing your physical and emotional wellness in pregnancy so you can create a nourishing environment for your baby, your family, and yourself. The information shared in this podcast is intended for general education purposes only and is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you heard in this podcast. All right, lovelies, let's dive in to this week's episode. You are listening to a bonus episode of Becoming Moms. And not just that, you are listening to my pregnancy diary. At the beginning of my third and likely last pregnancy, I decided to document the experience and I have not held anything back. I talk about my fears, my emotions, how I'm feeling and coping. It's about to get real. Well, hello there. Welcome to my pregnancy diary I may sound a little different um in this installment and that's because I am sick. I am we I missed a week there in recording and I am it's I'm just, sorry, I'm trying to calculate my gestational age right now. It's Wednesday, which means I'm 23 weeks. Okay. So I am 23 weeks. Um I uh, have definitely, uh, until I got sick, have been feeling much better, feeling much more like myself, which is really such a huge relief because it's not just when you're feeling fatigued and nauseous and just icky that it's that you're f- that you feel. F- the physical aspect of it, It, that's not the only problem. It's also that you're not able to really engage with the world how you normally do. And um, I'm normally an extrovert. I get very excited about, um, you know, creating and uh, uh, working and, and, you know, taking care of my kids. And I I like um, to be active. But, um, in early pregnancy, and when I'm sick, you just you're not you're not able to do that, and so it it really le- um also leaves me feeling not only that I'm kind of trapped in my body in this prison of suffering but also that I don't feel like myself, and that's that um, feeling out of alignment I just I don't know how else to describe it, but I, it just feels like I am out of alignment with myself feels uncomfortable and I don't like it. So I definitely um, prior to getting sick um, was feeling so much more myself was feeling that that energy um, not pre-pregnancy energy, but that energy to just um, be out in the world um, and to to be productive again um which as much as you know i like to question the the pressure to be productive um i also know that it is um when it is balanced um with rest and when it is not you're not tr- you're not feeling like you need to be productive to prove that you're good enough but when productivity isn't all bad. I I like to get things done. I like to um, accomplish tasks and get things off my to-do list just as much as the other person. I'm just not as much of a, um, I'm trying to think of a better word. Um, I'm not as, uh, I want to use a better word. (laughs) The only word that's coming to my mind is a slave to it, but I want to say it a better way. But anyway, I my brain isn't on isn't firing on all cylinders today so um so yeah so I want to we definitely need to question our relationship with productivity um but I don't think that that makes productivity all bad so um yeah so before I got sick really feeling much more myself um and feeling like you know life is good again and then I got sick and um, we have, me and the kids have uh, COVID, um, likely the the Omicron variant, um, given the predominance uh, of Omicron right now. Um, hopefully, if you're listening to this later this year, later in 2022, or, uh, you know, gosh, if you're listening to years from now, you might not even know what that is like what obviously you'll know what covid is but like the omicron variant like how exciting um it has been it's you know we've been in a, a pandemic for nearly 2 years now and oh man it is uh it's really taken its toll that's for sure um right now uh a variant of the original virus is spreading that is highly contagious but appears to cause more mild illness. Um, And this is how some pandemics have ended. Some pandemics have ended um, because a very contagious uh, version of the virus uh, came about um, and, you know, once the the once the virus has nowhere else to go because people have immunity, either through vaccination or through um, b- becoming infected with a wild virus, um, then it it can peter out. And hopefully we'll start, you know, we'll see this big peak and then hopefully we will continue to have just kind of like low levels. I don't think we're ever going to totally get rid of it, but low levels and uh, we'll see. Or another variant could come up and, oh, geez other variant could come up and we could be back here. So, um, it's, you know, there's some real similarities between living through a pandemic and pregnancy. And and one of those similarities is just the difficulty with predicting the future. Um, when you're living through a pandemic, you don't know like what's going to happen with caseloads, you know, you know, uh, when are when are we going to be out of this there's so much unknown and that's the same in pregnancy in early pregnancy you know there's the fear of pregnancy loss and there's not you know not feeling well and not knowing when you're going to get better Um, and then you know pregnancy symptoms at least for me and for many pregnant people will just pop up you know um i have had almost every pregnancy symptom under the sun at some point in my three pregnancies um and you know i almost feel like my my pregnancy experience is like this 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 huge learning experience for myself as an obgyn because i've experienced so many of the symptoms and and fortunately oftentimes um i will you know stop ha- you know, grappling with one symptoms, you know, my headaches will improve, but then I'll start experiencing nosebleeds. So fortunately, it's usually not all at once, but I've experienced so many of them. And so you really don't know, like, how am I going to feel tomorrow? I don't know, you know, and um, that experience of of really not being able to predict the future can be very uncomfortable, it Was certainly very uncomfortable for me with my first pregnancy now as 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 a parent that's just my life you know you cannot predict what's going to be happening with your children in a week um and that's one of the ways i believe that pregnancy can really prepare us for parenthood because there is um there's less in control in your life when you become a parent because there's more human beings and those human beings are wild cards. You don't have control over them. You have some degree of control over yourself in your own life. Um, so that's why, you know, I, I really do think that so many of the challenges of pregnancy are just the, 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 the perfect learning experiences for parenting. And um, that's a big one. And that's one that we, whether you're a parent or not, in this pandemic, Um, you have had to learn to cope with the unpredictability of the future. Very, very frustrating. Um, And coping doesn't mean that you don't get frustrated by the fact that, okay, you thought it was going to be totally safe to go to this concert or to go to the restaurant. And now the virus is surging everywhere. And you have to completely rethink what, you know, what it's going to look like a month from now or two months from now. Many of us enter our reproductive journeys already pretty stressed and busy, and then you add pregnancy or trying to conceive to the mix, and life gets even more overwhelming, now is the time to make stress reduction a priority. Not only does reducing stress before or during pregnancy decrease your chances of many pregnancy complications, it also may improve long-term health outcomes for your baby. Take a step today and head over to thebestpregnancyclass.com to register for my free class, Four Ways to Make Your Pregnancy easier and healthier you and your baby won't regret it again head over to the bestpregnancyclass.com to register for this free prenatal class but there is there is some good news with uh you know um uh, while i have covid and i'm pregnant and i know that that's very scary for for many people um, because covid is associated with um you know some uh, pregnancy complications uh, fortunately, we are seeing the, the evidence that's coming forward is telling us yes. We know that vaccinations cause less, will prevent severe disease and, and death. In um, are very very good at doing that. The question is okay, but are vaccines going to prevent pregnancy complications? And we of course think that they would because if if the the initial illness is less severe than than the complications associated with that illness. Um, for pregnancy should be less severe. But we always like to see the numbers. Um, And we are starting to see some numbers that show that we are seeing less um, pregnancy complications um, associated with COVID in those who are vaccinated, especially those who are also boosted. So um, the fact that I am triple vaxxed, and I have, um, and likely I'm infected with a more um, mild form, of the virus means that I am not, I'm not freaking out now. I am certainly going to, I've had been in discussion with my provider. We're not going to do anything different. I know some people are being put on baby aspirin. Um, some uh, pregnant people are being offered monoclonal antibody. Um, and I don't have strong feelings one way or the other with any of that. I think that it's all reasonable to discuss with your provider. After discussing with my provider, we decided, hey, we're not gonna do anything different right now. I'm not gonna start taking baby aspirin. Um, we really don't know. We have we don't have any data um, for for this this stuff in pregnancy. Um, already planning on getting a, a, a growth ultrasound just because in my third trimester because um, uh, Oliver was 10 pounds. So we already have that. We're not gonna change that. And I'm going to pay, pay attention to fetal movement. Now I'm 23 weeks um, and Fetal movement um, is is not really predictable at twenty three weeks. By twenty eight weeks, there's a the, the div- um, <clears throat> it's kind of complicated to explain. But the reason why we can't do we don't do fetal kick counts at at, at twenty three weeks. Right, twenty three weeks is where um, viability um, where some Uh, babies can live outside the womb. It's kind of like the viability line, 23, 24 weeks. Um, If you have a really great NICU, um, some 23-weekers can survive. Some 23-weekers can even do well. So, um, you know, long-term, which is just fantastic. Um, Not all survive, but um, I am paying attention to uh, a fetal movement, And I would contact my provider if the movement was, you know, was less and I wasn't I was I wasn't able to um, uh, have an impact. I wouldn't necessarily like at 18 weeks, I'm not necessarily going to contact my provider for decreased movement, um, thinking that they're going to be able to, you know, I can't be delivered and and if something's going on I can't be delivered to 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 save baby but we've we very rarely deliver intentionally at 23 weeks um though though it does sometimes occur so yes I'm paying attention to to movement but uh the the neural development of baby is not um is not uh developed enough such that um, you're going to see that, cons- you're going to see, sorry, <laughs> my brain is taking a little bit longer to get to the same point because I'm sick. But basically the relationship between movement and how baby is doing, um, uh, health wise is not, is not a- as, uh, well established as it is once you get to 28 weeks and also you can't feel movement as well and it's not as consistent so you're not feeling as much movement as you do at 28 weeks by 28 weeks um we can actually um, we're better at being able to predict how baby is doing based on um you know, what's going on with their heart rate and looking at their heart rate variability based on their movement. And so that's why fetal counts and, and paying attention to baby's movement uh, is typically recommended around 28 weeks. Sometimes we do it a little earlier at 26 weeks, but um, certainly at 23 weeks, there's no standard way of, of um, or evidence-based way of, of tracking baby's movement. But nevertheless, I'm sick. And so I am paying attention to that. Um, But other than, you know, paying attention to movement and uh, taking care of myself uh, for my sickness, which I would do anyway, um, we are not, uh, uh, after discussing with my provider, we're not managing this pregnancy any different because I've had COVID. Um, So anyway, that's that. Um, (coughs) I am, am trying to get some, oh, hi, Oliver. Look at you. How's he doing? good okay just wanted to make sure okay anyway um oliver has come so i'm gonna go take care of this little one because he's sick too but um yeah i hope that uh you have a wonderful day and uh i'll see you on the the next installment of my pregnancy diary all right I hope you enjoyed this episode of Becoming Moms. If you were looking for more support from me during your pregnancy journey, head over to SterlingParents.com to learn more about our membership. The Sterling Parents membership now comes with a private Instagram account where members can send me direct messages 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Pregnancy is hard. You deserve support. Head over to SterlingParents.com to get the best support available for your pregnancy.